This is a Solitaire Media original podcast. Hello, welcome to the Galway podcast. This is Fender Jackson. For anybody who has walked down Shop Street in the last 18 years, you may have encountered this week's guest. His name is Bam, and he's an artist or artiste. He plays music on his drum and sings, and he sells his paintings. In the interview, I encourage anybody who's come across his work, if it brightens your day, to buy something from him, to support him. But really, I should be extending that invitation to support all artists. If you see a piece of art that lifts your mood, treat yourself because it could last your lifetime. It could brighten up your days. Lately, I've been going around charity shops and buying pieces of art from there, sticking them on the wall, and it really transforms the space. I've also been raiding my parents' attic for old paintings that they're no longer using. So in many ways, these pieces of art last beyond one's lifetime. Bam and I had great fun during the recording and it's another long one so I'll publish the second half next week. So let's go straight to that conversation and wrap it up. This is the Galway Podcast. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. Tell me, who are you and what do you do? So, I'm an artist who paints and program, as in computer program. But mainly, I paint. I started out of the gate painting long before I discovered programming. So let's start at the start. So where were you born? Jamaica. Midlands, Jamaica, in the Cap Pit country. Cap as in C-A-P, Cap yeah. Pit country. And what does that mean, Cap Pit? You know? It's a type of limestone that, that, that is located in the mid line of Jamaica. Okay. So Jamaica has 14 parishes, but most of them meet. They run along each, each other like in a parallel line. You know, like like lanes in a ra- racetrack, uh-huh. or, or, or like a you know like a, but in the middle from the end, Jamaica is also very slender looking. Yeah, it's almost want to shape like Ireland, but way more you know rectangular kind of, and uh, all the parishes run along the coastline. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I was born in Saint James Parish. Yeah. And uh, and. Um, Part of St. James is attached to the sea and part is attached to the Midlands. So each parish is like that. Okay. Mm. And so how did you get into painting then? That was that was years after. So it wasn't in Jamaica? No. Let's talk about Jamaica first then. Great. So tell me about your childhood there. What, well, you, what, what was life like? Well, we didn't have grapes. <laughs> so no wine <laughs> no wine can you believe it what was that well about? we had wine but it wasn't it wasn't it would have to be brought there from somewhere else outside Jamaica because yeah. Jamaica we don't we don't 
we're not known for wine. And is that because and, it, uh, it, it can't, you couldn't grow it, or because the species just did not exist in the ecosystem? Well, the thing is, Fender, let's put it this way. I've never looked into it. Why? Okay. And when I was growing up, it was just out of my mind. Yeah. As in, it wasn't there in my mind to be taught about. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, did you I eat grapes as a kid? Oh, yeah. No, okay. no, 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 no. Not as a kid. No, yeah. no. Yeah. That happens years after when my parents had a bit of money. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and we could get it at... We could get it at the market and grapes start coming in. Most grapes comes from, when you buy grapes in the supermarket in Jamaica, you get it as imported product, yeah, yeah. right? It's yeah. not grown locally. Yeah. And even if it is, it's, it's exactly it's, like it's so Ireland. Minimal. <laughs> <laughs> really? Not too, well, I don't think there's many grapes growing in this really. Go ahead. I heard you have dragons and everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wales you're thinking about. Fender, you're ruining a lot of my... <laughs> Sorry, I'm... I'm yeah. Then you're going to tell me Santa Claus doesn't exist. Uh, I'll walk out no, if you no, tell Santa, me Santa, Santa does he exist. Santa definitely does exist. I, oh, yeah. I, okay. I, it got me a keyboard two years ago, which I had to sell. Couldn't move back there. But I bought it again last week. Imagine being in Jamaica yeah. and full swing believing, like I did, that Santa Claus exists in a country where snow never <laughs> happens. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I believe this. Comes on the chimney and everything. What? So. What's the chimney, mommy? <laughs> 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 okay, you tell me about, right, back to Jamaica, childhood. So I grew, like? up, I grew up in a little place called, uh, so it's like a place within a place within a place. So it's Maroon Town or the surrounding communities like Vansfield. So I would tell on my documents, like to if they ask me in school, put down your address and so on, it would be Vansfield, yeah. you know. But Vansfield was in Maroon Town. Maroon Town was next door. Yeah. Affectionately, they all call it, like saying Shop Street, and, yeah. and Shop Street is all of it, but then there is William Street and then yes. there is Key Street. But locally, mm. people just call it all Shop Street. Mm. Same back where I grew up. So I was, so you have Maroon Town, a little village, mm. Vansfield, a little village, neighboring each other. Mm. And then there's Cooper's Shop. Mm. And Cooper's Shop is where I was born. Cooper's Shop is a location, not yeah. a shop. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. And uh, and uh, I was born on a Tuesday uh -huh. at two o'clock and it was raining. No wonder why I end up in Ireland <laughs> <laughs> with a name, with my name, Brian. I mean, I call myself Bob now, right? So I, I signed my painters with Bob Artiste. Yeah. But Fender, I don't know what my mother was thinking when she goes, I'll name him Brian. And so, yeah, so that's your real name, Brian? Brian Anthony Chisholm. Oh, cool. That's my name. But uh, Brian wasn't doing me any favor when I signed it to my paintings because every other fellow in Ireland <laughs> is called Brian. People are like, which one of the Brian's though? Yeah. <laughs> is it the Baru guy? <laughs> yeah. But and yeah. Tell me, how did you come up with Bam then? Where did that come from? Because B for Brian, uh -huh. A for Anthony. And I was going to try and throw in, throw in uh, Chisholm, but it was too lengthy. So I just say, I just throw in the M for keep it short and spicy, like Bam! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So I said it to an old fellow out in Clifton one day. He goes, what's your name? I go, bam. Like, you know, something great just happened. And then he, in his walking away, he goes, or something noisy. <laughs> <laughs> so I was eight years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go, yeah, I think I'm going to keep that. And how do you navigate between Brian and Bam? Do, like, do people call you Brian? People who've known me for a long while call me 
Brian. Yeah. Now, most people call me Bam because they're going after painting and I, yeah. I, I try to push that name. Yeah. But uh, people, someone said to me in the street, hey, Brian. Then I'm, my brain just type, kind of registered that as someone who knows me for at least more than eight years. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, yeah, time sink it. Like. And do you, have, do you go back to... Do you go back to Jamaica much? And do you- oh, yeah. I was there, I'd say, about two years before lockdown. Yeah. Mm. And do people know you as BAM as well? No. Know this alter ego exists? No, they don't at all. Yeah. They, don't, they don't know me as a... Relatives know me as that, but my schoolmates, you see them now, you know, they, they don't know me as... They know me as Brian. Yeah. Tell me... Yeah, back to Jamaica. Tell me about your life there and what it was like. So my early life... I grew up really, really, uh, how you put it now? There were certain things that we didn't have as brothers growing up, me and my brothers. I have two brothers. I'm the, there's three kids. I'm the eldest. Uh, I'm here. One is in France and one is in London. And uh, me being the eldest, we, we, have, we grew up in a household in the early days, when, and I'm talking early days, uh, teenage years. We had to go and get water away from the house because we didn't have water in the house. So there's no pipe running in the house where you can turn on and get water. So you have to go to what we call the water hole. Which is a well? No. Okay. It's a naturally farmed... Like a spring then? It's a spring. Yeah. But it's, it's a spring of all the meaning of the word spring. Mm-hmm. It springs out of the earth. Yeah. We don't know where it's coming from. Okay. We so just know it. Oh. We go to this patch of the earth and there's blue, clear water. Depending if it's a large, say, 15 feet diameter, the, the, it tends to be bluish. Mm-hmm. And if it's like a one, three feet, one meter width, then it tends to be clear as crystal. Like you can see little fishes, and, you know. And I said fishes because uh, uh, it was more than one type of fish. Yeah. So you'll be seeing in it and so you catch you, water. How do you know if it's going to be potable, drinkable? Is there a guinea pig? There's not a choice. You drink it. Yeah. You know if it's drinkable because if you don't, you die. So you drink it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, those kind of concerns are not in the t- thoughts when we're growing up. Yeah. You just know you've been taught to go get water there. And tell you know, me, it's, it's, how, uh, how often uh, would it change, you know? Like the, the spring would... Uh, in rainy season... And we call rainy season what people outside Jamaica would call hurricane season, mm. autumn. Mm. Our autumn is our hurricane season. And hurricane season is when, they, when all these water holes around the villages and towns get more tricky because they're muddy. Mm. They are, uh, most insects and animals comes to drink these. So you have to wait until it's clear. So you'd go to catch water mm. and you'd have to, you with the other kids, boys and girls would be sitting about chatting away or doing other stuff and uh, you'll be waiting till the water clears because mm. you can't catch it and bring it home like that mm. you'll get destroyed by your parents they'll knock you over the head with the mm. water you brought home so it had to be you have to sit and wait till the sediment settles right and that could be two hours okay so you traveled four four to eight kilometers depending on where you live to go get this water and you when you reach there if it's muddy if you're going there and you know there was a heavy rainfall recently yeah. like say four hours ago, you know you're in a waiting game. Because when you reach there, you're going to wait. Or if it's a far away, you know uh, you're going to have to 
you're praying it's clear, but it, the sediment settles by the time you reach. Mm -hmm. So you can skim. And then part of the water hole starts to settle before the rest. So this, they shallow apart. And you start to, you bring a shallow bowl, you used to, like a cereal bowl, you used to mm -hmm. scoop up that and you put in. And then you'll even have kids who fight over who should start first. So definitely the, 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 the older boys and girls get to go first there's no fight in that you, 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 you wait your turn and your turn meaning you're not able to fight <laughs> that's what your turn means my, yeah my, that's my, how i grew up man that's my, how my father told me whenever i was a child that whenever you pass water through stones five yeah. times it clears itself did you ever hear this yes we had that kind of saying yeah, we had that kind and of thing. did sign. you do that? Did you pass water through the stones? We didn't pass it through anything. All that has to happen when we reach at the water hole. <laughs> yeah, just get it. Bring it home. Yeah, whatever state it's in. Well, you cannot bring it home. You can, but you shouldn't if you don't want a beating. You do not bring cloudy looking water home. Right, yes, yes. You'll be considered a stupid because you, you, you grew up with a culture that says, this is how you do it. Yeah. You deviate from that. Yeah. You know. Exactly. And also... When you get the water in these buckets or container, whatever your container is, yeah. you have to make a kind of a cutter. It's called a cutter. It's like taking a bath towel, a, a big bath towel or a beach towel and wrap it into a rope, kind of twist it in a rope and then turn it into a kind of, I wouldn't, I'm not to tell it, you know, like a, you wrap it up in a way anyway to put it on your head and then put the container with the water on top of that. Okay. Because you're going far. Yeah. Two, three miles walking with water on your yeah. skull. Wow. Dude, so you have to put the, the, the material between yeah. your, on your head. To cushion to, the water. To cushion the, the container. Yeah. But some of us don't have that. So you cut dry banana leaves and make it in the shape you'd make the towel mm. and put it on your head and then put the... The, the bucket on top of that. So sometimes you have small kids who need another person to help them with that. Or if you're old enough kid, you can do it yourself. Yeah. You know? And uh, that another thing that is essential in bringing that bucket of water home is that you have to break a young branch, meaning that a branch you can break off the tree with your hand and make sure it's clean, it doesn't have any bugs or it's got, there's always going to be something, but mm. you try your best to see everything that's on it, pick it off, and then you put the branch in the water so it doesn't flush out. Oh. Because it dance, the water is dancing up and down when you're traveling these parochial so roads. So it keeps it uh, from, it, it manages the waves a bit. Yes, so it doesn't flush out. Because you'll go wow. home and only half a bucket yeah. of water is there, and you still get a strap in. Wow. <laughs> so, but here's the thing. All that carry on to get the water, to go know when to fetch it from the hole, to know what to, how to carry it home and all of that. There's a lot of our natural traits that is built up in that kind of system. Yeah. 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 So you got, because I know from talking off Mike that you have had an education. Uh, yeah. I did civil engineering, yeah. Civil engineering. But so, that would have come years after. But did you get educated much in Jamaica? Yes, so that was all done in Jamaica. You got qualifications which you could take outside of Jamaica, is that correct? And did. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so when did you leave Jamaica? Very soon after college. I. So, so what, when I left college... Did you study civil engineering in college? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And where was that? In Kingston. Kingston. In CAST. College Art of... CAST uh, and for College of Arts, Science and Technology. Okay. So you did that, and then you 
left your, uh, Jamaica after mm-hmm. you graduated. Mm-hmm. And where did you go? The Bahamas. Okay. And I lived there for a little bit and then went back to Jamaica. And then from there to England and then from there to Scotland and then back to England and then Ireland. So there's a bit of a slingshot here and there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. okay, let, let's let's settle on Ireland then. How did you make the decision to come here? What what was the pull to get you here? And um, Curiosity. And when did this happen? God, about 24 years ago. Really? God. Yeah, things were happening in, in quick succession. Yeah. Like, you kind of plan it out. Like, even as a kid, we used to put eggs in a glass of water, break the egg, break the egg and let the content of the egg falls into the glass of water on Easter day and whatever shape it takes, we used to say, we have a thing where we say, that's our future. So if it's, it's a ship, we're going to travel on a ship. If it's a plane, it looks like a plane, we're going to, most of us were getting ships and planes because we wanted to travel. <laughs> and is, this, is, this, is this a tradition in Jamaica or just... It's a tradition. It's an Easter... It's not, not something you're making up with your buddies. No, this is, okay. this is, this is a tradition that kids do, okay. in, in, especially in cities. And are they always linked to transport, the, the eggs? Because we always try to read the readings to our favourite. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. You know what I mean? So you, so, could, you could actually crack it up and say, okay, this says I'm going to knit 500 jumpers next year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But no one was getting that, you know? <laughs> Even if I see that, if someone tells me that's what they see in my glass, then there's a fight. <laughs> <laughs> so kids But it's normally kids who are like uh, teenage years and younger that yeah. participate in this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a is a thing we do in Easter. And yeah, have, Easter and day. Ha, and have a travel bug. A travel bug. What's a travel? A travel bug? bug. You know the bug to to move the travel. A travel bug. Oh, you mean the 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 kind of a. Uh, yeah, I, I see what you mean when you say a travel bug. When you said a travel book, I was like, oh, don't you have one of these? I, 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 it's I'm called not, a passport, man. I'm not, I'm not very good at English. <laughs> you, no, you can't. No, no, yeah. you can't. Uh, so, so, so whenever you moved to, whenever you visited... The guy, t- Fender is telling me he's not good at English when out of his country came Oscar Wilde and all yeah. these guys. Well, I'm from Northern Ireland, so the nearest oh, right. I have is uh, Seamus Heaney. And Seamus Heaney is great, know, man. He is great. But the, yeah, I met him once. Did yeah. you? Yeah, oh, wow. years ago. Yeah, I met him once. Which oh, part of Northern Ireland is he from? Do you he's from Balahi in County Derry. Oh, right. Yeah. That guy, is, he was great, man. Yeah, He yeah. was absolutely great. I, I, I say to people, my po- my childhood lies in his poetry. Yeah, his poetry is really good. So if you ever want to know what my childhood is like... There you go. Just pick up what she was saying. My favourite poem from by him is the one that depicts this story where they were out picking... Blackberry, mm. and it was a thing they do in the area that he was talking about. As kids, they would do that. They'd go out and pick blackberry when it was in season, you know. And uh, they would pick, and the younger kids would put whatever they pick into the into the container of the older kids, and they'd be, so you wouldn't be watching them closely. And one day after the pickings, one of them smell as like something dead, you know, and it's, it stinks to high heavens. And when they look in one of the bucket, it was the remains of a rat. Because one of the younger kids didn't discriminate and the kid was just picking and throwing it in everybody's pot. They have to dump the entire thing because a rat got caught in the in the, the bush of the, the plant of the, the thing, you know, the blackberry, mm-hmm. and died mm-hmm. and started to frazzle out. And the kid was just picking everything. <laughs> they had to destroy. So he made a poem about it. 
And uh, I remember that just stuck in my head, you know. Oh, it's Blackberry Picking the Poem, it's called, yeah? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've forgotten the name of it. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, a poem that he wrote is beautiful. It's called Clearances, uh, about um, him peeling potatoes with his mother. Right. And then it switches from that to her in her deathbed. Right. And then he's reminiscing how he was never closer to his mother than he was whenever he was peeling potatoes with her. Right, 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 right. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, I love the narratives that he paints in his poems. Mm. You know, they're very mm. somber yeah. in nature. And I'm I'm a sucker for somber yeah. kind of tunes and poetry. And, yeah. Also, he had, he had that uh, midterm break is a very famous poem. And yeah. that's where his brother died. Oh, and, did he? Yeah, and, and you read that. And I, I was teaching that poem in China, you know, trying to teach kids about, it was book week, and I was teaching about, uh, I, I couldn't choose the lyrics of a song, but I chose this poem. Right. Oh, uh, you were in China for a bit, wasn't it? Eight years, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. So whenever, whenever I was uh, teaching this, I, I, I could get, I was getting emotional. Like, right, like, right. Talking, like, explaining this poem. Did, they, did any student pick up on the... Well, I, I'm such a hard Irish man, <laughs> they didn't catch me, I just, I could, I could feel a flinch in my heart, and I, yeah, I, yeah. I soldiered on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, I was probably weeping. I was, I was weeping whenever I left. Not weeping, but I was. I was. I was certainly crying whenever I left China. You know, mm. Talking to my kids and and um, it was it was weird. That was a weird situation because I didn't expect they were all crying and I was all, oh, this is flattering. And then right. whenever I told them about why I was leaving China and I mentioned my my mother passing because she passed whenever I was out there and mm. then and I, I said I have to visit my father. Then I just into tears yeah that would that would that would get to most people man I most so. people wouldn't you wouldn't be able to soldier on yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not much of a soldier to you tell the, the other soldiers to yeah. keep going i'll be catch up with you in a bit <laughs> so 24 years ago you came to ireland did you the draw was it was just it seemed a bit quirky but interesting so you've been to scotland you thought yeah, That's yeah. Ireland. I lived in I lived in in Scotland. I lived in on the Royal Mile for a bit, armed with a with a with a minus five sleeping bag. God, I was so wrong. I needed a minus thirty or something. But uh, a Jamaican with a minus five sleeping bag in a backpackers hostel in the Royal Mile, spending most of his time staring at the fireplace. Can I believe this thing exists? <laughs> wow, wow! And then I left from there and I went to Inverness. And I lived in Inverness for a short while, and then towards the, the Lachness site, 15 miles out, then 15 miles further out from the Lachness site. So where I was was Glen Affric. Spent about a year and nine months there. Uh, my moving seems to be within a two-year bracket, yeah. you know. And then, um, and then I lived there and worked there for a bit, and then I, yeah, then I went back to England, and then I ended up here, yeah. Do you have a grandparent that you never met? Do you wonder what they were like? What type of life did they have? What type of person were they? How did they laugh? Both of my grandfathers had passed before I was born. So in 2006, when there was no signs of my children arriving anytime soon, I video interviewed both my parents. I asked them about their lives, the holidays they had, their parents, their grandparents. How did they meet? 
what did they do and what were they like? Where's their final resting place? Some time elapsed, my children did come along, and then my mother passed on, and yeah, sure I miss her, but I still have a video of her telling me about her life story. Now, I video interview other people's older relatives as a present for their loved ones. If you want me to capture your special memories, please get in touch at saltfulmedia.com. Thanks. This is the Galway Podcast. And so whenever you moved to Ireland, or whenever you visited Ireland, that wasn't to move, or was, was it straight to move? My, my reasons, you see, it's so, it's so far in the past, I'm thinking, maybe memory defeats me now to remember my real reason to be moving from one place to the other. I know curiosity. Curiosity had a good bit to do with it, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I was always been curious about, keep in mind, you're meant to live, born and live and die in Jamaica. Mm. It's a third world country back when I was growing up. It's, a, it's, a, it's not that it's meant to. It's just a, the financial system traps you there. Mm. You don't get to, earn, to, to, to make enough money to buy a, a ticket to just jump for curiosity. Mm. Normally you do that because of a means to an end. Yeah. You don't do it because, hmm, I'd like to see what England looks like. You'd be thinking like, hmm, I want to go to England and make some money and bring back and feed the family. I was never that guy, mm. that kid. Mm. I'm always like, I want to see snow. But the minute I see snow, right, next. You know, it was, <laughs> yeah. I, I was that guy. Yeah. So, so it, it's, it's, my mother always said to me, yeah, you're, you're, Rolling Stone gathers no mask. And I always finish the conversation in my head saying, yeah, but I got to experience, you know? Mm. Yeah, so there is that. She did slap me in the face one time, I remember, when she was trying to tell me that I shouldn't have my ear braided. And I looked at Jesus on the, cr- on the wall and a poster, and I go, but look like, look at Jesus. He looked like Led Zeppelin. Wham! <laughs> God, it took me about a week to stop feeling her hands in my face. And my brother's... It took them months before they stopped slagging me about it. <laughs> but I still, I still think Jesus looked like one of the BGs, don't you? <laughs> and me, they're looking at Jesus, BG, BGs, Jesus with my Snoop Dogg. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, my mother wasn't having it. Yeah. So yeah. between the BTS and uh, Led Zeppelin, he, he definitely could have come from the Midlands, you know. He could, yeah, yeah right. Like oh, Sabbath. Yeah, and then, God, and then, yeah, but you learn real fast not to, not to pick a verbal fight with your parents. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially the mothers, Jamaican mothers will let you know. Yeah. So, yeah. where did you go in twenty four years ago in Ireland? Did you go to Dublin or Dublin? Uh, Dublin yeah. was the first place, and I lived up in. In, in a place called Darset Street. Oh, you, so, you, so you moved here then, straight away? Yeah, but I, it wasn't a move like a move. Mm. It was like, and as, as, as I'm just there. Yeah. yeah. I know people are going to listen to this and go, yeah, yeah. You were just there, aren't you? Blipping the vibes, yeah. So, but being a, coming from a civil engineer, civil engineering background, it always means that I could get job and I can uh, successful getting a job on a construction site. So you were, so you were, as you're traveling around, you're still you're getting jobs here and there. Yeah, as a uh, as a laborer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was easy, seeing that I came from a civil engineering mm. b- b- uh, background. People, uh, uh, lab 
people are running sites, contractors, they always say, yeah, yeah, give them a job. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but then I did that for a while and then I lived in Cork for a while and then I came to Galway and then I, here I am. And so once you came to Galway, you stayed, is that right? Yeah, after a while. But the staying wasn't a decision I made right away. If I end up staying somewhere, it wasn't the decision I made the first time I came to that place. It, 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 the place has to grow on me. Yeah. And in Galway, the main thing that grew on me is my daughter. My daughter, she's here like, you know, uh-huh. and her mom is from Galway here. And uh, her mom is a legend, great person. And uh, I have nothing bad to say about that woman. Yeah. Absolutely. She's she's just great. She's a go-getter. Yeah. She's a, a yeah, a true uh, s- someone who sets a goal and go at it and don't miss. Yeah. Yeah. Committed and conscientious. Yeah, yeah. 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 So the relationship's good and uh you you're not- Yeah, she and I get on really well. Yeah. Now she's a she's a great person. And so I, I want to ask you about this, but you can contribute if you like. So, m- my children's mother is, yeah. ch- is Chinese. Yeah. Oh, right. I and, did not know that. Yeah, I got, and I talked to them about three nationalities that they have. Right. First of all, there's their legal one. Right. My children are legally Irish and legally British. Because right. Because they're born in, well, they're born in Britain, and then that mm-hmm. gives you the right to as that other identity. Mm-hmm. So, in Northern Ireland, you be Irish and or British. Right, yeah. right, right, right. And then um, the second one, so you got your legal, the second one is their genetic. So they are Irish and Chinese. Ah, I see what you mean there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then the third nationality is their cultural one. So even though legally they cannot be Chinese. Right. Excuse me. They cannot be Chinese because uh, China, you either Chinese or... Yeah, or, yeah, or no, nuts, I know, I know a little know? bit about it. Yeah. yeah, but genetically they are. But genetically they are, and yes. culturally they are, because they, they are. They yeah. live in China most of their lives. Yeah. My daughter is Irish. Mm. Both, she was born here. Mm-hmm. Her mother is Irish, and uh, she's culturally, you know, Irish. she's Brit, Brit, yeah, yeah. yeah, Irish, and uh, her documentation is Irish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but from my side of view. She's uh she's Jamaican also, but my daughter will tell you any day to your face she's Irish, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, she, and she's only Irish. But genetically, she is. She's genetically she's Irish and Jamaican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but she and I joke about that all the time. Yeah, you know, she's yeah. like, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, do you, so you're you're Irish now. Well, in certain places, legally, in certain places, I wouldn't say it, I wouldn't say that out too much because you know. Depending on how how deep into Connemara we are, we're gonna, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna still be seen as a blowing, like you know. Yeah. <laughs> we're all blowings, you know? we're all yeah. blowings from Africa. Yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah but um, yeah, yeah. So do, do you feel do you feel Irish here? I mean, I asked this question because I had Irish in me long before I left Jamaica because Irish Irishness yeah. is a very big part of Jamaica ness, as in Irish culture. And the nature of Irish culture has been embedded and weaved itself into Jamaica, That's right. Jamaican's culture from colonial days. Keep in mind, Jamaica is not Jamaica without all the other ethnicity there. Jamaica is Jamaica because of the collaboration of all the ethnicity that is there, yeah. that, are, that are there. So, so if you take the Irish influence out of Jamaica, it's not Jamaica. 
something yeah. else. If you take the Nigerian from the Igbo tribe, it's not all of Nigeria that is a part of Jamaica. It's the Igbo tribe, which is a massive tribe in Nigeria. Uh, if you take them out of Jamaica, Jamaica is not Jamaica from a cultural point of view and the people, the genetics. If you take the, the, the Taino tribe, which came from the Arawak people, the native people that was there before all the other Europeans start to go there, you don't have Jamaica. If you take, uh, 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 let's say, Scottish and uh, English, uh, Indian, Indian with a dot, Mm. Right when we say Indian with a feather, we mean Native American Indians mm. from yeah. the from the continent of of, of America, mm. right? The American continent. But when we say Indian with a dot, we mean India from India, Asia, mm. India. Mm. You take them out of it, you don't have Jamaica. If you take the the uh, the Hans Chinese, mm. which is a bit, it's our fourth largest ethnicity. Wow. When you dig deep enough, you'll find that you have you have uh, you, then you don't have Jamaica. Jamaica is a collaboration. It's a melting pot of all these ethnicity coming together to form Jamaica. Mm -hmm. Jamaica was named Jamaica, the, the, the geographically, the place. It was named Jamaica by the, the Taino Indians, which is, a, which is a segment of the Arawak Indians. Mm -hmm. And they're on our money too. You will see them, you know. Uh, a, a brown, light, a brown skin Indian with straight hair who had a bit of, Technology, like uh, it's recorded about them that when they were fetching water or they crossed bridges, they they strip grips, great spans of span of water. They would they would have these they have these leaning towards how they build structures to go across, and so they had that kind of engineering thing about them. And most people in the past did in their ethnicity, but it was now that we're talking about the Taino Indians, the Arawaks, they had this with them. You know, and they're highly religious, mm -hmm. highly religious. So you take all of these people out of it, you don't have Jamaica. Jamaica is a melting pot, an amalgamation of all these ethnicity coming together. So did you feel a, a, a bit of Irish before you left Jamaica? Did, no. Did you feel the influence of that? Because you're No, because Brian. I didn't know about Ireland. Did, did you know you had an Irish name? If I didn't know I was, if I didn't know about Ireland, mm. I wouldn't oh, yeah. know. Yeah, so okay. it wasn't in my thoughts. Okay. I wouldn't even know questions to ask okay. because I didn't know of the place. Yeah, I yeah. didn't know of Scotland. I It dawned on me one time when I watched the movie Chisholm's Trail with John Wayne. <laughs> and my name, last name is Chisholm. Yeah. And I'm like, <whistles> so all of a sudden I felt like uh, Norman Bates in, the, in, the, in that, uh, you know, Norman Bates from yeah. the, the Psycho. Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my mother, what am I? What my mother? It's <laughs> like you're not a Ooh, I don't know. No, I just in my basement. <laughs> no, but seriously, I started to question in my my the nature of my name, and but that's why when I went to Scotland, I went up to Inverness, and in a library there, I looked up the history of the name Chisholm, mm. which is a Highland clan, clan, you know, and then where. Chisholm settled in the highlands. I went there and lived for a year and say eight months. Wow. Yeah, in Glen Affric. That's Chisholm's territory in Scotland. Mm. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. And you were working there as a laborer? Yeah, so the, uh, no, I was working in a hotel there as a, a, a fixer-upper kind of guy. Because as I said, I was going out through my engineering background. Yeah. So people are quick to give you a job to fix stuff and all of that. Yeah. So I was working in a hotel 
as a as a, as a one of those Honey guys. Man. But yeah, but you don't get paid by the hotel. You have lodging and food. Yeah, you have to lodging and food, and you have to get a, work, a half-time job somewhere else. So I was oh. working in Glen Glencoe where they filmed Harry Potter. Oh. So I was getting a, a pick, picked up in front of the hotel. Two and a half journey down to you spend most of the day driving wow. for God's sake, and uh, and then down there I was working driving around backhoes and uh, equipments on the construction site and the road works, mm. bringing cement to the guys here and this there and bricks there. And that's what it, you know. Uh, yeah, being the yeah. How did you get into art? Now we're getting into the meat of the matter. Yeah. Um, so you see. Poverty is what got me into the heart. Yeah. <laughs> I run out of money. Yeah. Dude. What, what, what country were you in? Means, let's not say poverty. Let's say means to an end. Yeah. A lot of the things, a lot of the times when I, when I use poverty as an umbrella, at further scrutiny, I find out that very rarely have I experienced poverty, except when I was a kid. Necessity is the mother of invention. There, that's that's a way more correct, not just a please more pleasing way to put it, but it's also more correct more way accurate. to put it. Hmm? More accurate. Yes, because when I say when I say poverty, I've seen poverty, and what I'm experiencing, what I was experiencing when I got into art, that isn't it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So is it, yeah, yeah, but but I but I have experienced poverty when I was a child. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what country were you in and how did you get into it? I was in Ireland. In Galway? Yeah. And? I've always been arty, yeah. but I've never used it professionally. And I meant, when I say professionally, I meant I've never used it to make money. Mm-hmm. You get me? Yeah. Yeah, I've never used art to make money until I was in Ireland. And that was the time I took it se- I started to take it seriously. And how did you view this opportunity you know what, what was it that happened that you thought I could make money making art it was actually my daughter's mother who encourages me that you know you could make money from doing this she was the one who gave me the insight that you could use this to make money in fact she I won't say her name mm-hmm, that's good but uh, because I don't know how she feel about me saying her name but but she was the one who bought me my first art set. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was a start. Mm-hmm. She bought me my first art set to kind of sink it in that you can make money from doing this. And what year was that? That I don't remember. It's, 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 you're talking... You're talking somewhere in the early 2000s. Okay. Yeah. And did you... So you did... Like, like, like between 2000 and 2003. So did you do your first paintings and then take them on the street and try and sell them? Was it as simple as that or something else? Yeah, yeah. And then did you, did you sell something the first day? I did, because Irish people are very, very merciful towards those who are less unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you had hey, something ta- some talent listen, that you wanted to invest in. When, when I, when I, um, when I, um, when I, Fender, when I, uh, when I went out for the first time drumming, this is years after I had I started painting for a living. When I went out drumming, 
beating drums in the street. The very first time I made 50 cents. <laughs> I remember that very, very clearly. 50 cents. And uh, it was how, an old how, lady. How, how long was that for? Sorry? Two hours, one hour? It felt like six hours, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I put in a full work. <laughs> it felt like I took time, I did time travel and went way back into slavery. And I, made, I caught a whole cane field and only got 50 cents. Stop. Yeah. So the lady, it's an old lady, I was outside uh, Lynch's castle, the bank, you know, uh -huh. and she passes and she looked at me and she shake her head in mercy and she dropped me 50 cents. I bought a bag of sports, it was reduced. <laughs> 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 the lads in the house, they, at the time, I was living uh, in a shared apartment with these guys and uh, they, were, they were laughing, they were like, they couldn't stop laughing. I, and, you know, but... Uh, it was an encouragement because I'm, I was, I've always been able to take encouragement from no matter how small it is. Yeah. I didn't need a big push to yeah. do things. Oh. You know, I need a little bit of nudging because necessity, if it was necessary, that was all I need. So the art was, you were doing the art before the drumming. Yeah. You tried the drumming act. What After. Made, what made you switch to the drumming? It, just curiosity. Okay. Yeah. I didn't need to do the drumming. Yeah. I needed to do the art. That's but then the drumming came as a matter of fact. And then people around me was doing it a lot. And uh, imagine a, a black fella learning drumming from white fellas. Mm -hmm. I, seriously, every bit of drumming I've, I learned back in those days were from Irish lads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of them were traveling to Africa and learning it and coming back. Yeah. And then in, I was in the same circle with them. And, uh, you know, a lot of these guys are not even here anymore. Only a few of them. They're all living all over the world now and change their life, uh, have kids like myself and kind of settle into, you know, you know, taking care of your kid or whatever, you know. So talk to me more about the art. So you, you're doing it for uh, 20 years? Say almost, yeah. But the thing with the art, I, I, I've gone, it was a trial and error, trial and error, trying to see what worked, what didn't work. And uh, sometimes what worked, meaning that I could finish a nice painting and it looked presentable, and uh, or at least I was told it looks presentable, and uh, people were buying it and I could pay rent and buy a bit of food. It turns out the real study I took on later on, like about eight years ago. Keep in mind, I've been doing this for almost 20 years. And the real study is the financial side of it. Because you can be a very good artist, as in an accomplished artist from the point of view of accomplishment, where you, you can have a blank canvas and you go at it and you finish a proper representation, complete finish, almost photographic, of an individual. Let's just say, from that point of view. But you might not know how to market it. And that, that last aspect is... It, tends to be the downfall of a lot of really good artists. They, they know how to represent something on canvas properly, but they don't know how to market it, you know? And a lot of them fall by the wayside because of this. A lot of them uh, have to rely on like uh, the dole system, which I have nothing against the dole system, but I'm just saying, you know, uh, if you learn, if an individual who's an artist learn how to market their art, they probably would find that very soon they wouldn't need the dole system. You know, they could, they could, you know. So yeah. you, you sustain yourself quite uh, consistently through your own art. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. 
and, uh, and only yeah. since late years, couple eight years ago or so, that or less that I started thinking of the marketing side of it, um, how to market artistic content. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. How did you make that jump of consistently bringing in enough money to sustain yourself? My daughter. Before she was born, I there's a lot of things. I was just going at it by the run of the mill, you know. Just, just to, when a ch- when a child comes into into the equation, it changes everything. It changes everything, and it. I would I would say I'm a fast learner, but my child came into the equation. I learned that I'm I'm a very slow learner. <laughs> I don't I don't learn. I used to think I learned things fast. I, I don't learn things really fast. And a lot of the things I learn, I have to be forced to learn it. Yeah. I was, I was that kid. I, and, I, and, I, and I took that element right into my adulthood, way into my adulthood. I'm 52, man. Mm-hmm. I'm 52 since last April. Yeah. A lot of things. And this is because I'm looking at the man in the mirror and I'm becoming, I'm, I'm very, started becoming very true, truthful with the, with the, with the presentation if, if, coming back at me, that, yeah, you, you, you really, it's not that you're fast. You're, you're fast learning if you're forced to learn the thing. Yes. But if I'm not forced, I will just sit by the wayside yeah. and watch the leaves blow in the wind and stuff like that. But if I'm forced, it could take me the end of the day and I'll, I'll become a genius at this thing, you know, but I have to be forced. Uh. You know, yeah. and I don't know what contributed from my formative years, but there you go. It could be just your personality. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so when a ch- you put a child in my equation, I go, yeah, I-, I can't just do this anymore just by the run of the mill. I'm going to have to make something of this. And then it turns out that the next thing is to find out how do I properly make money from this? How do I sell artistic content? And for that to happen, I have to read books. Mm. I have to... I have to uh, research the lives of artists who have actually made money from their art, you know, and and uh, and I find out that a lot of the ideas concerning the marketing of art that I've romanticized, they were just that. Mm-hmm. And you know? do you keep a spreadsheet? I mean, if it's I me, keep a spreadsheet. Yeah. If, if it was me, I would be having. Uh, I would have the. And this is my. <laughs> I, I'm showing too much of myself here. I would have a category and I'd have a subcategory. So category, no, but I do that, yeah. You do that. So I do sp- that, yeah. Sports and then subcategory football and then even subcategory game, George Best, you know. Dude. So you, you keep a track as to what's selling. Fender, I do that and I mean literally. I have one book mm-hmm. that deals with this. Mm-hmm. One book that deals with another thing. I have a book that deals with my diet. The people are going to listen to this and go, what? What indeed? Tune in next week to hear the rest of that conversation with BAM. This has been a Solid Hill Media original podcast and production. <laughs>